Well, this morning, I'm going to start off with a little story. A little while back, uh, my son Amos, who turned five years old yesterday, a little while back, he needed some new shoes. And if you're a parent, you know that sometimes kids just all of a sudden, unexpectedly, they need those new shoes. And you're like, oh man, just, I feel like I just bought shoes and now we need new shoes because their feet grow and it's just crazy, right? And so... Uh, my wife, Amanda, she took Amos out to shop for new, some new shoes that would fit good, and they, they wanted to, ones that would look good and seem durable because he's a boy and he gets into everything. Um, and just, they found some, they're like, this is it, these are the ones, and as they were headed to the checkout, there they were, a pair of bright orange Converse All-Stars in Amos's size. Now, one thing you need to know about my son Amos is his favorite color is red and orange. So these met his exact specifications. Now, Amanda, she tried to steer him away from the orange shoes because, you know, they had already picked out the shoes they were going to buy and not to mention how, what, do you, what does a kid wear with orange shoes, right? How do you pair that with an outfit? But Amos, he pleaded with his mom. He said, mommy, those shoes, the ones they were going to buy, those are good for standing. <laughs> but these shoes are good for dancing. <laughs> How do you say no to that, right? And so she looked at them, and they were only 15 bucks, probably because other parents are like, what is my kid going to wear with orange shoes? Can't even sell them. And so you can see that we bought them, right? And let me tell you, Amos is so proud of his orange shoes that are good for dancing. Let me tell you. He loves to dance. As a matter of fact, this morning before first service, we did a little dance around the main auditorium, he and I. And so he, man, he's got some energy this morning, Lord help me. Um, he loves to dance. Now, when he first got these shoes, he loved showing them off to people. He was so proud of his orange shoes. Everybody he talked to would have to stop and hear the story of how he got his orange shoes and how they were good for dancing, right? Sometimes we'd have to stop for several minutes as we were on the way to do something so that Amos could tell strangers how his orange shoes were so great and how they were good for dancing, okay? And it's cute. And we were all like that at some point. We all uh, would get something new that we loved. Maybe we got it for Christmas or we got it for a birthday and we would just want to tell everybody about it. We'd get so excited about that new toy or that article of clothing or, or shoes or, or some jewelry and we, we would have to show it off. But adults really don't do that, do we? I mean, I guess with one exception, adults do that, and that's, that's when a girl gets engaged. She shows off that ring. She's like, check this out. She's excited, right? She posts it on Instagram. She positions her hand whenever, wherever she goes so people can see it, you know? Even when she's worshiping, she comes to church. Normally, she's right here. But that week after she gets engaged, oh, yeah, bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. She's got something to celebrate on that Sunday. Most of the time, we adults, we, we bottle the excitement we have about something new that we've received. And if you're like me, you, you bottle your excitement about new things because we're worried about what other people might think, you know? You, you don't want to brag. You don't want to be that person who's like, oh, check me out, you know? You, you want to be humble, 
you know? Or, or maybe you, you don't want other people to be jealous of what you got, what you received, because sometimes people can be a little abrasive when we get blessed. Or maybe you're afraid that what you might discover is the thing that you're really excited about, nobody else is really excited about. Oh, yeah, you're really excited about that new RC car? Yeah, yeah, you're into that? Good for you, you know? Like, sometimes you get this niche hobby or this niche thing, and nobody else gets it. And you're like, hey, why aren't you excited for me? And they're like, I don't get it, you know? And, and so uh, we, we kind of we hold that back a little bit as adults. Now, we all do this. Last week, I wore some new shoes. My family had gotten me some new shoes for Christmas, and I, I wore them for the first time to church last week. And um, you wouldn't know it, but I really liked my new shoes. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody. I was just like, I like my shoes, you know? Maybe, maybe I'd put one foot out, seeing if somebody would notice, you know? But... <laughs> uh, I was really excited about it, but I didn't say anything. And even now, I kind of hesitate to talk about the shoes because, you know, what are people going to think? Oh, Adam likes shoes? What is that? You know, but my family nailed it on this gift. I mean, they looked good and they were comfortable. They felt like I was wearing slippers, but they were nice. And so I was at church and felt like I was cheating somehow. And uh, they were like handmade leather and they get, the sole can be replaced when I wear them out. And so hopefully they'll last a long, long time. And I mean, they just nailed it and they are so nice. But I didn't tell anybody. Now, I know, as adults, I know why we temper our excitement for stuff. And really, maybe there's some wisdom there. Maybe we're on to something of why we should do that. But I think we might do the same thing for our faith. Today, I want to talk about, as we conclude our series, I Resolve, I want to talk about I Resolve to Share My Faith. If you've been around church for any length of time, then you've heard that we are supposed to share our faith. That's what we do. And um, as, now that I think about it, if you've ever heard one of my messages, you've probably heard me talk about how we need to share our faith. It, it always seems to work its way into one of my messages. But in case you're unclear, when some of Jesus' final words to his disciples are found in Matthew 28. It reads, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given, given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We are supposed to go. We're supposed to go and introduce people to Jesus and bring them alongside, helping them follow him. But sometimes we're left to wonder, how do I do that? Where do I start? Today I want to examine an often overlooked aspect of sharing our faith. Think again, my story about Amos and his orange shoes that are good for dancing. Amos, he'd been giving something that he was really excited about, and he had to share it with his world. What has God given you? Now, I'm not talking about stuff. I'm not talking about what kind of things you have, what car you drove here in this morning, what, what kind of precious metals are on your fingers this morning. What has God given you that is a part of who you are? I want to talk about how 
the way that God has made you is a gift that is meant to be shared with your world. Because God made you in a specific way. I mean, he formed you in your mother's womb. We read that in Job chapter 10. It says, you guided my conception and formed me in the womb. And I like that translation, yes, because it's uncomfortable. We know, joking aside, we know that God is a part of the formation of our children. That's why we call it the miracle of life. You know, we know the biology and we know the science and we know all of that, but there is something more that happens when a child is conceived and created and born. God is part of that process. And that means that God made you. He made you, you. He, he tailored your personality. He knew what you were gonna look like. He gave you some natural abilities and giftings that he didn't give everybody else. He made you, you. And these gifts we call, scripturally, we call them spiritual gifts. God gave us gifts that not everybody has. Some people are good at things like administration. You know, just, just last week I had to go to the DMV. I know. I know. Um, it was rough. I even had an appointment. It was rough. But I went and I made sure I put on my biggest smile and I was like, Jesus, I just need your love and favor to flow through me because I need all that I can get at the DMV right now. And I'm like smiling, working in God's love. And I come up to the window and here's this lady, she's working there. And we had a great interaction, went okay. It was awesome. But as I'm talking to her, you know, just kind of getting to know her, She's just doing all this paperwork, you know? And it just seemed like it was a million papers just to renew a driver's license. And um, I, I just asked her, I said, hey, tell me, do you like doing all this paperwork and all this stuff? She said, I love it. <laughs> the, I said, you're wired that way? You, you, that, that's why you're geared? She says, yeah, I love doing paperwork and filing papers. It's my favorite. And I'm just, I couldn't believe it. Like, all right, good for you, you know, because that's not me, you know, that's not everybody. I need people like that in my life, you know. But listen, God gifted you. If that's you, listen, we love you and we need you. God gifted you to do that. He made you that way. You may say, why isn't everybody organized like this? Why can't? Because God made you that way. He, made, he gave a lot of different spiritual gifts. He made some people who are good at apostleship, and, and you know, that's a Bible word, but all that really means is someone who's kind of like an entrepreneur for the church, somebody who's really good at getting things going and developing people. You know, other people, he gifts with discernment, and that just means that you are able to see through all the baloney, and you see the truth for what it is. You know, some people, he's gifted as evangelists and teachers and leaders and pastors and shepherds. And still other people are gifted and they see God use them in amazing and powerful ways when they pray. They, they might see somebody healed when they pray or, or a miracle might happen. Or when they pray, they might have a message from God for that person. Maybe it was a prophecy or, or, or a word of knowledge. And you know, these people are often gifted with just an extra measure of faith when they pray. Some people are even gifted 
to hear a message from God in an unknown language, to say it, and then somebody else is gifted to tell everybody what that meant. Some people are gifted encouragers. And I love you too, man, because sometimes I'm having a bad day and I know if it's Sunday, I know who to get around. If it's a Sunday, I need to get around some encouragers because they they just help me. They lift me up. You need to find some encouragers too. Some people are gifted in hospitality. Others are gifted in mercy while still others are gifted in leadership. And then, you know, there are some people And this has nothing to do with how, what what size your bank account is. It could be rich or poor or anywhere in between, but some people are gifted in giving. Finally, some people are just gifted to serve others. They serve others who need help. The point is, God gifts us all with some of these spiritual gifts. Nobody has them all. That's because I think that's how God created the church to work. We need each other. You see, as we start to come together as the church, all these pieces, which are people, fit into place, and it starts to form a picture. And that picture starts to look more and more like Jesus. And so God made you, you. And inside of you, he gave you one or two of these spiritual gifts And if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, then I want to encourage you to attend Growth Track. Week two is happening right now, so don't get up and leave on me. But let me tell you, week three is happening next week during our 11 a.m. service. And that's the week that we particularly talk about spiritual gifts more in depth. And we'll give you a questionnaire that can help you discover what your spiritual gifts are. And I think most of the time we have a, a general idea of what our gifts are and the things we're good at and what we're passionate about. And so one of the things I want us to help understand this morning is that these gifts that God has given us are not for our own personal benefit. Now, your spiritual gifts, they do benefit you personally. I mean, if you're spiritually gifted in leadership, you're naturally gonna be able to find success as a leader, like in business, that's, that's just going to come naturally to you because it's who God made you to be. But what I'm talking about here is that God gave us these gifts to be shared with others. God made you to be a blessing to the world. But naturally, our tendency is to take, isn't it? We just want to take. You know, we're having trouble with this at home with our boys right now. And uh, they're boys. And Amos, like I said, turned five years old yesterday. And Lex is turning two tomorrow. And they just, sometimes, they will suddenly want a toy that the other one has just because they have it. I need it. I was playing with it. No, no, you weren't. Just calm down. And Amos being the bigger brother, he often gets the toy because he's bigger and he takes it by force. But, you know, don't worry about us too much because Alexander has learned the power of weapons. Okay, it's okay. He can swing that bat, let me tell you. Our, but it goes to show the point, even, even as a child, our natural tendency is to take. We even sometimes only take the benefits from our spiritual gifts. 
But I want to remind us today that God made you who you are. And you are to be a blessing and to serve with the gifts that he has given you. Matthew 20, 28, it says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. We're Christians. We're supposed to be Christ-like. We read right here, Jesus came to serve. That's our mission too. We give because Jesus gave. We serve because Jesus served. And it is our faith in Christ that compels us to give of ourselves. Here's why this is so important. Lean in here. When we serve, when we give of ourselves, other people are drawn to Jesus when we give of ourselves and we be who God has made us to be. When, when we give, when we serve with our giftings, other people, they see Jesus. It's the very thing that God has placed inside of you that remember, not everybody has. It's not common that when we use it to serve others, it shows them Jesus. If your gift is giving and you pay for that person behind you, their groceries, you pay for their groceries, that shows Jesus. It's when somebody's wronged you and you've got them dead to rights. You've got them right where you want them, but you use your spiritual gift of mercy. That shows Jesus. It's when you pray for a coworker that's sick And God uses the supernatural gift of healing and he makes them well. That shows Jesus. Our gifts are meant to be shared with others. And as Christ followers, we see another believer's faith when we see them using their spiritual gifts. A couple weeks ago, Amanda and I, we needed a a new washer and dryer. Ours went out, and you know, it's like, oh man, got to get a new one. And so we found one that looked good on on OfferUp, one of these things where you make like a local deal with another person, and you got to pay for it, you know. And um, it it looked like it was fairly new, and it was a good price. But the thing about these type of deals, like OfferUp and Craigslist, let go, all those things, is you've got to provide the transportation to go pick up the thing and bring it back to your house. And uh, washer and dryer is kind of big. And a man and I don't have a truck, right? And so we were talking about this. We were at a, a pastor's meeting down in San Diego, and it was about to start. And we were talking about, okay, who do we know that has a truck? And then of those people, well, what are they doing this weekend? What's their schedule? Well, this person's out of town. Well, this person's truck isn't even working right now. And we're kind of just going through the list, talking about it, you know? And all of a sudden, an old friend, Paul Santiago, spoke up. Now, Paul, he's an associate pastor at a sister church in Sun City, and uh, he tells us, you know, it'd be no problem for me to come with you, use my truck, pick up the washer and dryer, drop it off at your house. No problem. There was no hesitation. He heard us talking about it, overheard, and offered his help. I mean, this was... A relatively small stress for Amanda and I. We needed a washer and dryer. We needed to find a truck. We needed to make this deal happen and work all this out. And we're trying to fix it, you know. 
And Paul steps up, he makes it easy, and then it was done. It was just like, oh, okay, yeah. You see, Paul's spiritual gift is serving. And his faith was shown through that simple act of service. Maybe it took him 30 minutes extra of his time. It was on his way home. It was awesome for us. Earlier this week, a friend of mine called me, and we were catching up on the phone. And he tells me, Adam, you know, you and your family, you had a rough year last year. And so I want to pay for you and your family to go on vacation. You tell me where you want to go, and I'll foot the bill. Good to have friends like that, right? It's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's awesome. But this incre- I mean, incredible act of generosity showed me his faith because my friend's spiritual gift is giving. So yeah, these guys over the last couple of weeks have blessed me personally as they served. But isn't this exactly what serving is? It's blessing people with the gifts that God has given you. Now here's the best part. As we learn to serve in the gifts that God has given us, it naturally gets easier to share our faith more directly. We talked about it at the onset, sharing our faith, how do I do it? We start with serving, using our gifts. And it gets easier to share our faith more directly. And when when we use our gifts, people will ask you, why are you doing this? And there it is. The door is cracked open. And that's when you're going to say, because I'm a Christian. And let me tell you about Jesus and what he's done for me in my life. It's when you, you serving others, it opens the door to an introduction to Jesus. I want you to watch this short video in a moment of a young man who we've noticed over the last several months has been living out this principle and has experienced some very powerful results in his life. Check it out. So I don't like try to like, oh, you need to go to church. Like, because that that puts pressure on them. It makes them feel like, oh, he's judging me. And trust me, I know that feeling of being judged. My name's Daniel, I'm 23 years old, and I've been coming here for about seven years now. Over the last year, I think I've probably brought about nine people to church, invited about nine people. Each person was going through something different, so like, I don't want to give names, but you know, one of them was going through a tough time with their family, another was going through a tough time with just life, and they just asked if they can come, and I said, you don't have to ask me, just come with me, you can see for yourself, so they showed up. They asked if I went to church, they asked me what religion I was, and I said Christian. So that's how the whole topic started, and that's pretty much where they asked me if they can come with me. When I met Sarah, you can tell that, like I said, there's something missing. So she told me about how she was raised Christian and that she eventually went to a Catholic church. Eventually she came out here with her mom because she was going to go to school and she stopped going to church in general. And then when we started dating, she found out that I went to church and I invited her and then she started showing up and she met you and everyone else and she just started coming nonstop and she loves it now. So 
I don't think anyone ever has Christianity fully figured out. Um, the whole process of being a Christian is learning something new every day to me, and not by yourself, but from Jesus, of course. In my opinion, inviting people to church helps me figure, figure it out, even if it's not fully, because you're inviting like even complete strangers at that that you don't know what their life has been like and it's like it helps you realize stuff yeah so no i don't think every anyone really has christianity fully figured out but you still feel comfortable bringing people to church i do still feel comfortable bringing people to church yeah, i hope that they eventually find you know even if it's not here i hope they find christ somewhere in their lives and accept them i mean it took me 17 years I came here and that's when I finally accepted him so that's my hope like I said it's really up to them I it's not really all I can do is bring them I can't force them to make that decision because a lot of them were scared because a lot of churches judge but I told them like I've done a lot of things and this church has never judged me Daniel's here with us this morning. Let's give him a hand, folks. Daniel, I said at first service, I'm going to say it again, man, we are so proud of you. Um, we're proud of you for being who God has made you to be. You're, you're, you're an encourager, and you're out there encouraging people, and they're seeing Jesus in you, and you're introducing them to Jesus and then bringing them to church, and they have an opportunity for, to meet that same Jesus. So, man, good for you. We're proud of you. Keep doing it. For all of us today, we want to help you here at Crossroads. We want to help you develop your spiritual gifts. And we do that because we share our faith by serving. That's why inside everybody's worship guide today is this little card. It's this little piece of paper. It says Dream Team. Go ahead, open it up, pull it out right now, hold it in your hand, Okay. Dream teams are our serving teams here at Crossroads, and they are designed to help you develop your spiritual gifts and allow you to share your faith with everyone who comes to Crossroads on a weekend. If you are not currently serving on a dream team right now, I want you right now to take this card, grab a pen in the seat back pocket in front of you, and I want you to fill this out. And as you exit this room today, our ushers are going to be at the back, and I encourage you to give it to them, okay? We have got a lot of different venues to serve here at Crossroads, and it, they cover all the different spiritual gifts that we've talked about today. Some of the places where we have uh, gaps right now that need to be filled are we need some people to serve at our front reception desk during the week to volunteer some time so you'd answer the phone and you'd do some administrative work. And if that's your gift, we need you. We need people. Also, we need help in our media team in the back. You come here on a weekend and, and everything you see, these lights, you know, the, the video screens, the audio, all of this doesn't just happen on its own. And, and it takes a team of people to serve so that we can all have a worship experience on a weekend. These things are, are planned and practiced and then implemented on a Sunday morning. And so if you want to serve in one of those areas, we need you. If you can work a computer, you're qualified, okay? You know, finally, we need, we need some uh, help with our kids' check-in area. 
because we need a team of people ready. So when somebody comes, like a couple weeks ago, we had a family come in and they had five kids, okay? If you've been new in the last six months, you know that it, it takes a minute to, you know, punch in your information to, to sign up one kid and get them registered for our awesome kids ministry, okay? But five kids, that takes a lot of time. And so we, we have our team that is helping this one family check in their five kids, but then we're like maxed out. We, that's all our workers. That's all our, our check-in people. And so then there are other families, if they need help, you know, they're, they're kind of left out. And so we need to develop that team and grow that team. Now, I, I said there's just a few areas we, need, we have that, we need, we, that are gaps, okay? But there are tons of places where you can serve here at Crossroads. And all you have to do is go to a ministry leader or a pastor and say, hey, I want to serve. Where can I serve, right? But listen to me, listen to me. I don't want people just to fill spots. That's not what we want here at Crossroads. I know, I know. Some of us say, pastor, I love the church and I'll do whatever you need me to do. God bless you for saying that. I think the Lord honors that heart and he loves that heart. But I want you to hear my heart for a minute as a pastor, as a pastor here at Crossroads. It is not about what you can do for Crossroads. It's not about what you can do for Crossroads. If you are just serving Crossroads, then for us, that's a fail. We missed it. What this is about is you serving in an area that God has spiritually gifted you in. We wanna help you grow that gift inside of you. And while you are growing, people see Jesus in you. This is what, just imagine, it's what we want. Just imagine for a moment what it would look like. A new person came on a weekend and everywhere they went on a Sunday morning, they see Christ followers working in the area God has gifted them in, showing off Jesus that's inside of them, just like Amos showing off his orange shoes that are good for dancing. And then they come into the main auditorium where they hear the gospel presented and they say to themselves, if this is who Jesus is, I'm in. That is what the dream team is all about. That is what we want here at Crossroads. We want people operating in their spiritual gifts, showing off Jesus and us worshiping while we do it and making it that much more easy for somebody to say, I can commit to Christ. That's what it's about, folks. So here is your action today. If you're not serving, we wanna help you grow in your spiritual gifts. Fill out this card give it to the usher in the back. Right now, I want to invite everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. What we always do here at Crossroads is I want to give you an opportunity if you came in this place and you have not yet accepted Christ. Every single week we ask this question. If you'd like to make a decision today to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to raise your hand up just so I can see who it is and I can see who I'm praying for. For everybody else, the response is the action to do the card. But I'm going to pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, help us 
to give as you gave. We see that you've gifted us. We don't want to do the natural tendency and, and only take the benefits of these gifts that you've given us. But Lord, help us to serve our world. And in doing so, we know people will see you. And Jesus, when that door starts to open and that conversation can be started, Lord, I pray that it will be easy for us to introduce people to you, to share what you've done in, in our lives, to share how you've saved us and set us free, to share how you've changed us forever. Help us, Lord, to use the giftings that you've given us to bless our world and in doing so, share our faith. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen.